Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmaltz. Part of this series I've been doing called Revolution. And I had to black, uh, break up last week's sermon into two parts. And so we talked about our weapons. And so I want to jump right in here without further ado. And uh, so I can finish this up. So we've been talking about how every revolution needs a conflict. We've got one. We need a leader. We've got one. We need a cause, and we have one. And we also need some weapons to fight this battle, and we have those too. We read from 2 Corinthians chapter 10 last week that said, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish arguments and false statements and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we know that our weapons are not of this world. That if we're going to fight this battle, and the thing of it is, the more I research, the more I study, the more I realize <clears throat> when your enemy is hidden in every corner, in every place, and you, you don't know where he's going to come from and how he's going to attack you, then you need divine power. You need, you need to be able to be connected to the one who sees all and knows all. And that is the way we fight that battle. And so we tear down the lies. That's what we do. And it also, in Ephesians chapter 6, we were given some figures of speech. We're given these metaphors that help us kind of expand on what our weapons are. He said, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and to put on the full armor of God. So I broke that down last week in detail. And he goes on to say in verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So this is, it's interesting. He doesn't just say, hey, just pray. Just pray. Whenever you feel like you're up against the wall, you've got to just pray. No, no, he gives us this idea that prayer is multifaceted. Prayer is much more complex than we even realize. Of course, if you're a person who likes to pray and you often pray, then you know what I'm talking about, that, that when you begin to engage, you find yourself having to use that particular weapon in many different ways. And it's so very true. He says, so pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers and requests. And he says, Keep on praying. I've got to get some things out of my way here so I can read this. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So now he, he gives us a target. He says, pray for God's people. And he goes on and says, and pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Of course, he was imprisoned. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And so I point this out in the the whole teaching on weapons of our warfare because it's really important that we understand that that is one way that we can engage in battle right off the bat. Right off the bat is to begin praying for God's people. Okay, And you don't have to wait for a tragedy. You don't have to wait for a struggle or anybody going through any difficulty to pray for them. Of course, 
we start with the circles of, of relationships. We start with those people that are closest to us, our family. We should be praying for our children every single day. We should, husbands, you should be praying over your wives. The greatest gift of love you can give to your wife is to pray for her. Greatest gift. The greatest gift you can give to your children is to be praying over them, laying hands on them, them seeing you pray for them. Because it communicates so many wonderful things. One, it communicates love and concern, but then also you tap into heaven, which you can bring down upon their life. So pray. Pray for those in your family. Pray for those in your workplace. Pray for the people that, that, you know, consent as these circles go out of people that, that are just acquaintances and even divine appointments. Essentially to be ready, outfitted, just like Paul is saying here, to have the armor always on, ready to engage, ready to pray. And these prayers don't have to be elaborate. You don't have to speak in King James English for God to hear you. Okay? You don't have to do that. You just have to say, Jesus... I need you to touch that person right now. You know, you, you, you see a stranger that's struggling with their health, and you got a moment, you got a divine moment, and you know, and you sense the Holy Spirit rising up and say, you're on the spot. You're my secret agent right now to bring the kingdom of God into this person's life. So you pray. You ask them, of course. Ask their permission. And I pray for you. 99% of the time, people are going to say, yeah, because they're struggling. They're suffering. You know, it's an amazing, amazing thing. So it says, keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray, pray, pray. And then he goes on, he says, pray for me. Now, the way I look at this is, is that we should be praying for those who are over us in the Lord. Of course, we know Paul told Timothy, you know, we should pray for those who are over us both in civil government as well as spiritual authorities. But definitely, he's, he's saying, look, pray for me because I'm on the cutting edge. I'm an apostle who's out there on the cutting edge, the point of the spear, bringing forth the gospel into the, to the, 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 the actual center of the civilized world at the time. God had set him up to, to put him, place him strategically in Rome and to do what he did. And so that's a good thing, too, is to pray for those, for those who are over in, in the Lord so that it might go well with you, okay? To pray that those who are specifically placed and gifted to... Uh, advance the kingdom of God against darkness in very strategic places, that they'll be given the words to speak, that they will not be intimidated by lies and threats and bribery and things like that, but they'll be able to go forth in boldness. And that helps us all, doesn't it? It helps us all. Okay, so let's get into part two proper. I, t- I told you last week there's two words you got to know. When it comes to pray, this is critical. Prayer, this is absolutely critical. We'll start with the Greek words. Okay, there are two Greek words you must understand, not just know of them, but you have to understand their application. Let's get into that. Number one is dunamis, okay? Dunamis is, is, is the Greek word for power, but it's not necessarily where we get the, although you can see the influence for dynamite, where they might have that explosive idea. But if you look at dunamis, literally it means ability. It means possibilities but ultimately means power, but both physical power, intellectual power, and spiritual power that comes from God in our context here. And if you look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you'll find that this power does not come from us. Okay, It's supernatural. Let's check it out. Verse 8, Acts chapter 1. But you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus here, in his last few words before he ascends, he tells his disciples, look, I'm not going to leave you with just a cause. I'm going to leave you with power. I'm going to give you weapons, but I'm going to give you weapons that when you begin to use them, that have a supernatural power. And so he says, now, and what, now what is interesting about this power is you've got to understand its context. So it's kind of like you've got a gun in your hand that only works in certain situations. And that probably would solve a lot of our problems, wouldn't it? If a gun wouldn't work, if it's... Anyway, we won't get into all that. But anyway, here is a gun. Here is a spiritual power that only works in certain situations. Check this out. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, when the Holy Spirit is on you, he is ready to engage. He says, so when you ask, Holy Spirit, come fill me, as they did on the day of Pentecost, and for every believer thereafter who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit, he says, you know, if you ask, will I give you... A scorpion? No, 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 I'll give you, he says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit for all those who ask. So now check this out. He goes and says, when it comes on you, you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. That's what the power is for. It's for the advancing of the kingdom of God and for the gospel to go forward. So let's just look at this. Uh, retrospectively. Let's look at this from the, the vantage point of, of, okay, well, what if I try to use this power just for me? What if I try to use this in a selfish endeavor? It won't work. It won't work. It actually happened. Simon, the sorcerer, saw Peter and, you know, filling, you know, asking people, hey, look, have you given your life to Christ? Oh, no, no, we didn't know there was. Well, we, we heard about Jesus, but we didn't know about this Holy Spirit. Go, oh, man, well, let's, let's pray, and let's ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you because you need power to be able to stand for what you now believe. Simon, this magician, is watching on, and he goes, wow, this is amazing. Look at the power these guys have. You can read about it in the book of Acts. And so he walks up, and he, and he says, hey, you know, he pulls out his wallet, and he says, how much do I got to give you to get this power? Because that's pretty good. That's a good trick. And Peter says, get away from us. You have no part of this ministry. And what was essentially, essentially brought out was the fact that they, he was trying to use this for his own ends, for selfish ends. And that ought to give us an indication that, look, God wants to give us power. He wants to fill us with his grace and power, but you got to understand that he's got a, an intention for that. And that is to glorify Jesus Christ. That is to, to, to open the doors for the gospel. The uh, bulldozer will get turned on, but it's only going to break open doorways. It's only going to uh, bust open opportunities for the kingdom of God to go forward. So a lot of times, in some cases, when our motives are, are very selfish, it's like it won't fire. Why won't this thing? Why isn't this happening in my life? Because God is, 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 is paring down your motives. He's, he's, getting, he's trying to teach us, look, I want to empower you, but I want you to understand that this power is for the advancement of my kingdom in Jerusalem. In their case, their city, right? In all Judea, Samaria, their region, and then to the ends of the earth. So the gospel was never meant to just stay as a local thing. It never was even to just stop at Rome. Paul wanted to go to Spain. Whether he got there or not, we don't fully know. 
Probably didn't, but that was his heart because he knew the gospel had to go where? To the uttermost parts of the world. And he knew that as long as he was doing that, the power would be there. Of course, the whole book of Acts, my friends, you can read that. I encourage you to do it. That's why it is. It's, it's as much the acts of the apostles as it is the acts of the Holy Spirit. As they go forth in spreading the word throughout the known world, specifically through Paul and Peter, Barnabas and others, major churches are established in Antioch and beyond. And so, how does that happen? Through the power of God. So dunamis, we have got to understand that God does have power for us. Because sometimes, we, as Christians, we feel what? Powerless. You ever feel powerless? Oh, we, we felt it. We've all felt it before. We just feel like, this is out, I'm out of control. It's out of control. I have no idea what's going on. And I'm telling you, there's a lot more power for Christians to experience. Now, I want to clarify something. I'm not just saying that you're only going to have power when you begin to witness to somebody. No, 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 no. Your life is a witness. Your life is a witness. Not only are your words a witness, but what? Your actions are a witness. So my marriage is a witness. My children and how I raise them up in the fear of God and the admonition is a witness. How I work and live my life, the faithfulness, the character, is that not a witness as well? Of course it is. So that power is available for any part of our life. So this is what I guess I'm saying. This is what I'm trying you to get. The moment you step into the mode that my life is a witness, guess what? The dunamis is yours. It's all ready. It's engaged, ready to pour through your life. So that when you pray, you're not just pray, Lord Jesus, I just ask you to help me. It's just you've got this, this ton of the resources and the divine power that we, he was talking about there in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, ready to be poured out through you as touching anything. Now, I'm, I'm not covering agreement here, and it's going to have to do that later. But agreement just takes it exponential. So we've got dunamis as individuals. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I'm going to make you witnesses to be able to change the world. But he goes on later and says, well, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And when you come into agreement, the power of agreement is, is, is awesome stuff. You can go through some of the archives of our sermons, and I've, I've taught that before, but the, the power of agreement is amazing. The second word you've got to get is exosia. All right, exosia. And this literally means authority. Okay, now these two words have to go hand in hand, all right? They're like the right and the left hand when it comes to prayer. Okay, so first of all, we've been given power. It's just, it's power, it's ability, it's potential. Okay, ready to be poured out through a Christian who's ready to be a witness on any different level or any kind of level or, or application that we might choose. All right, exosia, literally, authority, authority, or the right to use God's power that encompasses all things, natural and spiritual. Okay, exosia, so awesome. Let's read there in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. He says, I have given you exosia. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. And I wrote in here, and this is not in the Bible, but I wrote here, is he talking about demons here, I wonder? 
and to overcome all the power of the enemy, certainly fits the context, and to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. What did he say? Some things wouldn't harm us? What did he say? Nothing would harm us. Now, what we've got to understand, yes, 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 this is, seems to be somewhat idealistic. This seems to be kind of an overshot on Jesus, on, on, in the way Jesus is speaking here. But look, we should never take lightly what Jesus said about our potential. We should never shortchange him or to say, well, that's just all for the people who really love Jesus. You know, I'm somewhere in the middle. Well, that may very well be true, but the truth is we've been given power. We need to take the power. We've been given exousia or authority. We need to take the authority. So what is he saying here? He says, look, I have given you my name. I have given you the right to use this power. See, because we can walk into into an empty um, warehouse. Nobody's there. Nothing's going on. You look around. You flip the lights on. And you look around and you see all this heavy equipment awesome. You know, you're Tim the Toolman Taylor or whatever, and all of a sudden you just say, more power, and you start jumping on this stuff and you start using it. But the whole time you're a little bit fearful somebody's going to walk in and say, what are you doing messing with my stuff? And there are times when Christians, when we struggle, when we begin to pray in Jesus' name and we want to ask for his power, but we struggle a little bit because maybe we've been walking a little bit of sin. Maybe we haven't been doing all the things we thought we should be doing. Maybe we've been going through some personal struggles and our sense of ownership, our sense of connection to that power, is a, it, it's, it's a little out of kilter. It's, it's, it's not connected. We're suffering a little bit. Now, of course, we t- this ties right back to the armor of God, that the breastplate of righteousness is absolutely critical. But what Jesus is talking about here is he's saying, look, I... I'm going to give you my exousia. Let's look at Matthew 18. Expand a little further, and then I'm, then I'm going to close it up on that. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. That's authority. That's real authority. He says, I am telling you that if you will speak it in my name, it's going to happen. Whoa. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Wow. For where two or three gathered in my name, quoted that earlier, there I am with them. So what we have here is Jesus saying, look, I have come to do some awesome things in your life and to flow through you. We see this exemplified in the ministry of Jesus, okay? He gathers 12 men to himself. He doesn't just do it all and just say, I just brought you guys to just be amazed. You're my, my amazement posse. That's all you are. I just want you to say, oh, Jesus, you're awesome. No, 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 no. What does he do? He says, I'm going to send you out, what? Two by two. And he says, now I give you authority, uh, exousia, and the right to use my name. That's powerful stuff. So we've been given dunamis, his power. We've also been given the right to use that power, his exousia, authority. So now we're loaded for bear. 
now we can open the big can of whoop and we can do some things in the spirit. Because he goes on to say, look, I'm not just talking about biting and loosing things here on the earth. I'm talking about you, man, reaching up into the heavenlies and fighting this battle on a plane that none of you really see with your natural eye. Because we've been talking about this, haven't we? We've been talking about this battle that's going on above us, this, this warfare that's, that exists up there. But you find that we are not left powerless to be able to fight on that plane. He says, I'm going to give you my power. And I'm going to give you the right to use that power in my name. Not in your name, not in my name, not anybody else's name, but in Jesus' name. See, I mean, I wish I could tell you stories. I've traveled around the world. I've been in situations. Uh, just a real quick story. I was in Argentina, and we were supposed to hold a huge, um, actually, I was just there to, to, be, to watch it, to be a part of it, to, to receive from God what was going on down there. And the night before this big, huge conference, Christian conference had taken place, there was a big satanic conference. There was blood all over the floors. I mean, what took place there in Argentina, God only knows, well, and all the people that were there. And you got to know that I was feeling a little bit creepy that day, right? Getting up going, yeah, hey, I get to jump in a cab that drives two times faster than it should with people that I have I no idea where they may take me to a place that was used for satanic ritual, you know, a big occultic conference. And I'm just thinking, I want to get on a plane and get out of here. That's what I want to do. But you know, it really tested what I understand here. I just said, you know what? I'm a believer. And I have the power of God, the power, the power that created the world, the power that created the universe, the power that was exemplified in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, shown to the world, testified to. He says, that power is yours when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Then he's given me the right to use that by saying, hey, you just call it out, buddy. You bind it, it's bound. You loose it, it's loosed. So, man, I'm in the cab going over there just saying, <laughs> man, I'm tapping in deep. Everything I know about in Jesus' name, I'm using in Jesus' name over everything. Because that's when the stuff really, really becomes kind of overt, man, right in your stuff. And I'm here to testify that this service went wonderfully. Matter of fact, I got healed. My back had been hurting all weekend long. And uh, some kind of healing situation went on. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm hurting here. So I just raised my hand and boom, pain was gone. That's awesome. So the disciples immediately begin to minister in the name of Jesus. So not only did Jesus say these things, but it's verified that they knew what he was saying because that's what they did. They went out. Uh, what is it, Acts chapter 3? John and Peter and John walking into the, uh, into the, uh, into the not the synagogue, but the temple. And they see the, the man that's crippled, right? He says, please, alms, alms for the poor. And he says, silver and gold have we none. But in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. They understood the power to heal. They understood the, the right to use his name. And what did he do? He jumped up and started running around is what he did. And what did it do? 
It created a testimony. It says after that that more people came to Christ. It says that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were more ticked off. Kingdom of God moving, shaking. What does this all mean? Christian, you're not nearly as weak as you may think you are. Christian, you are loaded for bear to be able to change the world, the sphere of influence that he has placed you in. You are an 82nd Airborne paratrooper that is dropped in, loaded into this world. And the moment that your boots hit the ground, you begin to go into action. And you pull out all your weapons. And you begin to pray and to intercede and to use the name of Jesus to advance his kingdom against darkness wherever you see it. That's what you've been called to do, Christian. And if we're not, well, not here to you know, verbally abuse anyone. Not, not here to shame you into warfare. I'm just saying, look, this is your watch. This is your family. This is your life. This is your job. This is your future fight. Okay? Now, sometimes we can get all bound up and we can feel like we can't do it. Well, then that's when you bring other people in, right? Because not far away is going to be another airborne trooper in the spirit who will say, look, man, I got mine. I mean, you know, we got everything settled right here. You just call in Karen. Karen will fight on your behalf. You call on anybody. You call on the elders of the church. We'll fight on your behalf. But you know what I tell people often is I'll say, look, 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 look. Don't just jump to grab the card in the back of the chair and just say, and list out all, like a laundry list, all your prayer needs until you've prayed. Now, see, what I want to teach you is that, look, you're not some little weakling on the playground that gets beat up and kicked to the curb every time you get out there. Man, you are loaded for bear. You have the power of God, and all you have to do is ask for it. You have the right to use the name of Jesus. All you have to do is speak it, and you can change the world. You can change your circumstances. I hope you're getting this, because it can change your life. So Jesus was right. They had been given authority or the right to use his name in confrontation of the spirit world. They went out, and they came back, and they were surprised. They said, Jesus, you're not going to believe this. He said, try me. It was amazing. Demons came out in your name. People got healed in your name. And he's going, yeah. Trying to show you guys this. And isn't it, doesn't it break your heart that how many Christians here are in the United States? I mean, they say somewhere between 70 and 80% of people in the United States identify, of course, it, you know, it's changing rapidly by the day, but identify with being a Christian. Identify with being a Christian. Imagine if all those people who said, I'm saved in Jesus' name, would begin to pray in Jesus' name. How things would change in a doggone hurry. We start beating back the prince of America. Let that one settle in for a minute. The principalities and powers of darkness who have set upon the edges of our nation, trying to work its way in. You ever stuttered, studied, um, no, you never stuttered, but have you ever studied spiritual warfare, what is called spiritual mapping? It's amazing. Look at our nation. Some of the darkest cities 
in our nation are on the fringes. Isn't that right, Karen? Check it out. New York City, Key West, Deep South, Texas, New Orleans, thank you. Around the Horn, get around to Phoenix. You get around there to San Francisco, Seattle. Some of the places where the new, new age is, is the biggest. It's on the edges. Why do we see it on the edges? Because that's the way it works in warfare. Is you work in and you crush the middle. It's amazing that the heartland of the United States, is it called the heartland? Has the, some of the largest churches. Hmm. Amazing stuff here. I wish I could talk about it all day, but I'm not gonna. So we need to learn to ask and declare the power of Jesus' name set loose. And what's amazing is we don't have to do anything except speak it. All we have to do, Jesus said, look, I, you are my forward observer. Pastor Jamie used to, be, used to be a forward observer for the 82nd Airborne. Yeah, man, he's a cool dude. And he was set up there to spot, lays targets, call it in and say, yeah, we got a bad guy sitting right there over the fence. Cordons, get him. That's what we're called to do. You are forward observers for the kingdom of God. Wherever he places you, you see darkness, you don't just go in and try to confront it personally. No, no, man, you call in the, the power of God. You call in the artillery of God's movement because you're there. You see it because you can bind things in the heavens and you can bind things in the earth. That's what you're called to do. Ask because, now let me, let me take you because I know you're probably still sitting there and, that, and that's why I wrote it here in the notes is that a lot of times, I mean, for most of us, we, it, it, I should be just done and say, okay, let's just go home and do it. But we still struggle. So because that's true, I'm going to give you some more. Look at John 16, 23 through 26. Very truly, I tell you, whenever Jesus said that, he was, you know, maybe he saw the look of doubt in their eyes. Maybe he knew he was cutting against a, a real demonic lie they had bitten into. Maybe it was something the Pharisees taught. I don't know. But here it is. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Didn't qualify it. Until now you have, up until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Isn't that cool that God is concerned about our joy? That he wants us to be happy? That he wants to answer our prayers so that we can be relieved? He wants us to be able to just sit back in peace and say, you got this. We all do that. When our little children or my son goes driving, going up, I know he's going to be up and down the I-95 or Meredith is going to go on tour and go do things like that. I mean, you know, you're sitting there as a parent going, I know there's a lot of darkness out there, a lot of bad stuff, but I'm not powerless in my seat. I'm not powerless in the last thoughts of my mind. Because I can go, Lord, I thank you for giving me your power. I thank you that right now in Jesus' name, I bind every spirit of darkness would ever come against my children. Oh, man, they're bound. I don't know what they're up to. I don't know what they're trying to do. But in Jesus' name, I bind them, and I loose upon them the, the peace of God, open doors, front of the line, nothing that will hinder their call. 
whatever you know. Until now you haven't asked. Ask and you'll receive. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. Hmm. Of course, we know that took place somewhat in his earthly ministry, but I've got a funny feeling this has got a prophetic sense that that's what he does now. That by the Spirit of God, he shares with us the heart of Father. Now, where is he going with this? Check it out. In that day, you will ask in my name. So that's part of the prayer. And then he goes on. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. In other words, that we have to go through this hierarchy. Hey, Jesus, is there any chance you can get with Dad this morning and, and, and make things smooth sailing for him? I really need that raise. You think you could hit the Father up for that? He said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm out of the way. Check this out. I will ask the, I'm not saying I'm going to ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you. Righteousness? Because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. Want to unlock the power of heaven? Believe the Father sent his Son. And that's all it is. I mean, that we know that's how salvation happens, is we believe in the Son of God. We, believe, we receive him as our Savior. And what, what Jesus is saying, look, you want to make your spiritual daddy happy? You want to make the creator, the, 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 the Father, happy and to, to pour out his favor on your life? Believe in me. Love me. Follow me. Listen to me. So he's saying, look. I will, he, says, he says, because you have loved me and have believed. Let's back up. Know the Father himself loves you. Wow. We've got to keep that in mind. Because when you know you've got that exousia and the right to use his name, and that right comes from righteousness. Understand that comes for what Jesus did on the cross for you and me. We never have to hold back not one millisecond from being able to pray in Jesus' name. The Old Testament promises of God's provision, we can go back and we can take the Old Testament. That's the beauty of the Old Testament. That's why it's part of our Bible. Not only is it the history and the prophecy and, the, and all that, but it's full of promises that absolutely come to life because of Jesus Christ. So now we can go back and see the heart of God. And I can pray Psalm 91 with an incredible amount of fervency and belief and faith because he told me whatever I bound on earth, I mean, bind, bind in the heavens, plagues, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks at night, nothing will come near your tent. Sounds an awful lot like Jesus' language to me. Of course it was. So let's finish. Here's some prayer tips for you. Be alert. To close this whole thing, folks, we have got to be alert. We cannot allow this world to bring us into this malaise that everything is. And Jesus warned us. He said, look, in the last days, everything will be like, everything's okay. Everything's fine. Just, just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep working like the book uh, 1984. Just keep working. Just keep doing. Ignore that suffering on your right and your left. Ignore what's going on in those nations. Ignore what you hear coming out of Washington. Just ignore it. Everything's fine. Mm -mm. Be alert. Your enemy is, is prowling around like a lion, devouring people, devouring marriages, devouring truth. 
wherever he can. And he will never, ever let up until he is thrown into the pit of fire, which that day is coming. Amen. Be alert. And then be aware and use the power you have access to. The only way we lose is if we don't open our mouths to pray. That's the only way we lose. And even then, the grace and mercy of God. Often, there are times when you forget to pray, but God took care of you anyway. Well, that's why it's, be, that's why it's good to just walk in a constant state of prayer. That's why it's good to just be aware all the time. I mean, to me... I mean, prayer doesn't have to necessarily be this formal time. I get a cup of tea and I sit in my prayer chair and I begin to just pray and settle in, although that's really, really good. But I think we should walk in a constant state of prayer. Jesus is on the line all the time. I do that. I mean, I've just talked to him. Sometimes the kids think I'm talking to myself. No, I'm talking to him most of the time. Pray in the Spirit. Or be led by the Spirit with all kinds of prayer requests. Cover it all. Begin to tap the possibilities of what prayer can be and function as and, and, and through you in your life. Not just one kind of prayer. We can test it all out. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and to move through you. We talked about this. That by the Spirit of God, God can bring us beyond our own little circle and begin to take us out on missions, if you will, that are beyond our personal concern. I can pray for other people's lives. I can be praying for our missionaries. We can start praying for, for other situations that we're hearing about or haven't even heard about, but it just dropped into your mind by the Holy Spirit. You're just saying, Lord, I just want to be used by you today. I'm good. Everything I know of is covered. Is there anything else that you would have me do? As a matter of fact, I do. Holy Spirit gives you a word of knowledge. Boom, you're on it. Pray for God's people as you hear of their struggles. Pray for the spiritual leaders in your life that they may will continue boldly to preach the gospel during these times. You know, I know this is a little selfish that I'd throw it in there, except it was in the Bible. But I think it's very important that you pray for your pastors. I really, really do. Because it is my, it is my job, it is my calling, it is, to my last breath, called to be on that cutting edge. I mean, I'm crazy enough to preach something called revolution, all right? And you don't think that stirs up the enemy to say, ah, I don't like what this church is getting into. So you need to pray. You need to pray that we would continue to march forward into what we're called, not be, be you know, pushed back into this social gospel, to be pushed back into everything's fine, let's just all keep it happy faces on Sunday. No, 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 that we continue to move on through, to preach the truth in love, right? In love. And to be that what God has called us to be, to change the world around us. That's our heart. That's our call. That's why we have been empowered. Amen? So let's stand up this morning.